professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with me today, I have a guest who has been on several times because he provides such fabulous information, but I wanted to have him on again because he has a brand new book out, and so we really want to talk about that. So welcome back to Corey Perlman. Thanks, Deb. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, before we go any further, let me give the folks a little bit of information about you. Corey is a speaker, consultant, and nationally recognized social media expert. His first book, eBootCamp, ranked number one on Amazon.com in every major business category. In April, he published his second book, Social Media Overload, Simple Social Media Strategies for Overwhelmed and Time-Deprived Businesses. Corey crosses the globe speaking to companies and associations on how to generate real results from their social media marketing initiatives. His company, Eat Boot Camp Inc., employs a team of highly skilled digital specialists who manage the social media accounts for over 40 businesses. When not working, this proclaimed certified propeller head enjoys long walks with his wife, through the aisles of Best Buy, and loves taking his two young children on summer vacations to Silicon Valley. Clearly, you're going to make them propeller heads, too. So again, Corey, welcome back. Thank you, Deb. Thank you for that kind intro. Great, great. Well, you know, first, let's just kind of jump into this. Why did you decide that you wanted to write this book? Well, you know, uh, I wrote my first book back in 2009, and and they tell me that speakers are supposed to have a book uh, published every uh, 18 months. And so I was like, you know, I, I kind of had this deadline. Like, I got to get a book. I got to book. But every time I'd walk into Barnes and Noble, I'd see like 40 social media books and I just get all depressed. I'd be like, man, everybody's writing all these great books. I don't really have mm-hmm. anything to say, you know? So I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to write a book just to write a book. I wanted to mm-hmm. say something meaningful and have something you know, obviously meaningful to say. And, and then one day I was, I was speaking and I had a, a, a gentleman run up to me and he was kind of all disheveled and, and sweating and such. And he said, Corey, you know, it's midway through your session. I just want to make sure that you're going to help me get my Twitter feed syndicated on my website. And I said, yeah, I, I can definitely help you do that. Uh, tell me a little bit more about your business. And he said, I sell medical supplies to the elderly. And I looked at him and he kind of looked at me and I just sort of, we all, both of our those light bulbs went off in our heads. I could see it went off in his head too. And he even answered the question I was about to ask him, but he said, you know, I'm not sure I need to be on Twitter, do I? And I said, I'm not sure you do either. I'm not sure your your audience is actively engaged on Twitter. You know, have mm-hmm. you checked that? He's like, no, I just figured I need to be on Twitter. Everybody tells me I need to be on Twitter. And that's just where it dawned on me that, man, people need to just kind of take a step back and, and figure out kind of where their customers and prospects are and, and scale back these 575 social media sites that are out there, maybe just work on a few and do them really well. And that's what social media overload's all about. You know, and, and those same disheveled people have run up to me too, and, and they've said the same thing. I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, I'm on, you know, and pretty soon they're little, I can see the steam coming out of yes. their ears. And the thing I tell them is take a step back. You only have to be on one to start with. And they look at me and they say, really? Because they somehow thought that they had to be on all of them. So, you know, when those poor little disheveled disheveled people come up to us, how do you walk them through the process of where to be and, you know, what what steps they need to take? Well, you know, I first tell them, just like you just said, you know, it's I, I don't want them to be 
uh, a jack of all social media sites, master of none. And so uh, I believe, like you do, that that it, it's better to, um, you know, really focus on a few and excel at those. And that doesn't mean that you won't eventually be on some of these other ones, but start doing a few really well first. And then mm-hmm. once you get that into your routine, you can start to expand your digital footprint. Uh, but the first step I always ask or always help our customers or prospects with is where are your customers and prospects spending time online? And we do some analysis behind that. And in my programs, my speaking programs, I often, uh, we just do a quick kind of, you know, how many of you, you know, think that your customers are on LinkedIn? And we'll do just a totally informal assumption piece, but it's a good start just to see. And you'll have like 75 people raise their hand for LinkedIn and then two for Google Plus or maybe one for Pinterest, you know, and so mm-hmm. they start to see, wow, maybe I should focus if I'm in the business to business segment, maybe I need to focus a little bit more on LinkedIn than I do on Pinterest. And if I'm selling predominantly to the female market and images, um, you know, relate to my product, well, maybe Pinterest and Instagram or something I should look at. So that's the first step is just doing some analysis to figure out where you should spend the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and, you know, one of the things that really hit me as I was reading your book is the fact that you talk about social media, wherever it is, you know, so you figured out I need to be on these two sites, these three sites, maybe the one site or, you know, maybe more than that. But it's not the be all end all. And I think that's where I see so many people make their mistakes because they think, oh, all I have to do is have a Facebook page or, you know, I'm in sales, so I'm going to be on LinkedIn and then they don't do anything else. So how do you tell people, you know, what is the process between that and getting them to what you call in your book their sweet spot? Yeah, I mean, Deb, that to me is the 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 number one mistake I see businesses make uh, with social media, which is they think just because they have the social network um, and they're using it that the money will start pouring in, and it's just simply not the case. The best example mm-hmm. I can use, just like I use in my book, is to talk about a roofing company that I did a, a private consultation with, and mm-hmm. we had gone through a, a, a lot of different things, talked about their website and SEO and social media and. And and we had a really good session, but at the end, the guy asked the question. He said, you know, Corey, this is all great, but where do we sell more roofs? And I said, "Um, that's an excellent question. He's like, he was asking, you know, do I sell it on Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. I said, do you have access to your roof out here? And he said, yeah. And they all kind of looked at me uh, with a curious face. And I said, let's go out there. So it was a Michigan winter in January. So they all scurried out onto the roof and I was in my suit with terrible shoes and I haven't been on a lot of roofs in my life so it took me a little bit longer to get up there but I slowly but surely kind of on all fours climbed up onto the roof and we're all shivering up there and they're like what are we doing up here and I said this is where you still sell your roofs you just use social media to drive more people here but you're still doing the free estimates this is your sweet spot this is where you show people that the roof is slowly but surely uh, you know, going away or, or, or expiring and they, they need to have a new roof or rain or whatever or mold and all that kind of stuff that you guys do to sell roofs. You still need to do mm-hmm. that today. It's just use the digital piece to drive more people there. And the light bulb clicked on for them. So for your listeners, Deb, you know, the key is figuring out where your sweet spot is. You know, mine's on stage or when you're reading my book. If, if you see me on stage or read my book, then I got a good chance of maybe working with you in the future. Uh, you know, uh, a real estate agent might be, you know, sitting down 
with a one-on-one -on -one meeting with a potential prospect. Um, you know, same thing with an accountant or an attorney. A, um, a home decorator might ha be in someone's home. That might be their sweet spot. So you really got to figure that out and then drive people there. Right. Well, and the funny thing that struck me about you and I is our business is, in, in essence, social media. But our sweet spot is not social media. You know, that's kind of where, in, in fact, you know, anyhow, that was what I, the way I was thinking about it. Because, you know, they, it, it is more about seeing me in person. And maybe it is going to my website and seeing a webinar or all of those things. They just kind of get a little snippet of what I do on social media. That's exactly right. I mean, if, I'm, if, if, if I've got a company that's interested in engaging my company on a social media management project or a consultation, uh, and they've never uh, experienced me except for maybe a, a they, just, they Googled me or whatever, and I'm in competition with seven other social media guys. I'm not going to win that. I'm not going right. to try. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at selling myself. I'm not good at bragging on myself and saying all these things. It's just not my business model. It's not the way I do it. Instead, what I like to do, and the reason I speak so much, is I get out there, and if you see me and you like me and you like what I have to say, you see my passion, you see you know the value that I provide – and then you want to engage us, gosh, uh, those other seven companies cannot touch me at that stage. And mm -hmm. that's why, and you're right, so that's why we do what we do and, and, and why it's so important to have that platform and such. But it is ironic that we're social media people, yet social media is not our sweet spot. And you're absolutely right. right. So how do we use social media to drive people to our sweet spots? You know, and, and, you know, I'm not talking about you and I as in social media people, but business people. You know, how do the roofers use social media to get people to them or the insurance agent or the consultant? You know, how do they use social media to direct people to that sweet spot? Yeah. And, you know, the first step, as we mentioned, is, is to figure out the right sites to be on. The second step mm -hmm. is to you know, create and decide that that's a platform that you're going to uh, invest some time and resources in. And, um, and it's not easy and it's work and it's, it's consistency and it takes time. So if you're talking about, you know, let's say a Facebook page for a minute and um, they just, they decide to create a Facebook business page and that's going to be the, the place where they're going to spend some time, you know, you want to create a nice profile. Uh, and the first thing you got to do as a business is invite every single human being to engage with you on this page. Uh, mm -hmm. People aren't just going to find you. You got to literally shove it down their throats. Right. And so, you know, you take every email address that you have and you say, hey, we just launched our Facebook page. Now, here's a kicker. Here's a best practice for you. Don't just tell people to join your Facebook page. I hate when I see companies do that. They just put the little Facebook logo. Who are you? Mm -hmm. You know, just because you're on Facebook means that I'm just going to run and join your page. No. Give me a reason to join your page. Tell me mm -hmm. why. Give me some sort of incentive, especially in the business world. I'm not dying to connect with you on Facebook in a business setting. You need to tell me why I should connect with you on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend, right. you know, when your folks are listening here, when you're driving people to your page, tell them why. Give them incentive. Mm -hmm. Tell them you're going to offer value. Run a contest. Do something to engage people there. And then the last thing I'll say in the beginning here, Deb, is to create value. You know, you know, think about the 10 most frequently asked questions that your business has on an ongoing basis. What are like the 10 things that the most common prospect always asks about? And then use that as the, the, as the beginning of your content plan. 
and start answering those questions on your social media sites and start engaging in dialogue around those topics because those are going to be of value to your your listeners, your, mm -hmm. the people who are connected with you, and you're going to start seeing more engagement. But be careful of using these social media sites like a billboard. Don't right. start just right. promoting yourself, but try to find ways to offer value as much as you possibly can. The more value you offer, the more success you'll have on these mm -hmm. sites. Right. You know, I, it, that hit home for me because I met someone just last week who is in the funeral home business. Mm. You know, and uh, that's really kind of hard to think about how to use social media. And I told him, I, you know, and, and he had, he told me, he said, you know, I have a basic LinkedIn account, but we haven't been able to figure out how to go any further from there. And I said, you know, there are certainly ways to do it without being maudlin, you know, and, and, and I said, but people have questions, you know, they, they want to know things. And so for him, I, I suggested two things. I said, first, it is about building those relationships. Because hopefully nobody needs his services for a very long time. But if he is kind of top of mind, we'll talk about that in a, in a moment, um, you know, then people would remember when they need him, hey, this gentleman has, has always provided great information. So, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things I said was, you know, give them information about community events, you know, things that aren't related to the, the funeral home. And then I said, you know, you can still do things about the funeral home that people are asking about. You know, a lot of people probably wonder, hey, if tragedy strikes on a weekend or a holiday, what do we do? Who do we call? Um, you know, what are the most popular songs that are played? You know, there are some things that he could have fun with that, you know, really were informational, but not really saying, hello, when you die, right. here's what you do. Right. Um, so, you know, that was, it, it was just kind of a good example to me of an industry or business that might not think about using social media and ways that they could do it. I, I completely agree. It's actually a great example because I'm sure your listeners like, gosh, if a funeral home can figure this out, you know, <laughs> we should be able to, too. And, and that's, that's an excellent example. And if I were also giving advice to that that funeral home i would say it's mm -hmm. very similar you know don't talk about your company talk about your community which mm -hmm. i think is is a really powerful piece and and something to remember and and like you said gosh i think into my head i got you know i think there's such a great example because yeah it's a very sensitive issue and you got to be really careful you know because you could really turn people off what right. if you mm -hmm. what if you became just this this great resource you know, mm -hmm. I always said that when my mom passed away uh, 10 years ago, gosh, there was nothing out there for mm -hmm. me to understand what to do. And right. if this mm -hmm. funeral home, at least in their little slice of the pie, could be that resource, man, mm -hmm. that would just be so valuable right. mm -hmm. to people. And what a great way. Yes, you're going to have the byproducts of staying top of mind and building credibility, but you're also just going to help people, which is just mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, like like you were saying, there are resources that they could link to and, and provide information for. Um, you know, when, when my father-in-law passed away, we were lost also. You know, it was it was very sudden, and we were thinking, who do we call? You know, we we really had no clue. And so one of the things they could come up with would be, you know, here's the first call you should place, obviously, after you've notified the family people. But, you know, here's here's where you go to do all of this. Um, well, Deb, and, and, and it's a good reminder that in any industry – you are a curator of content. What I mean by mm -hmm. that is you are in the funeral industry. They're, they're getting all kinds of resources in that industry that they could be helpful. You and me, we're in the social media industry. 
Mm-hmm. So we know all the resources and then you have electricians and they know. And so just re- just remember that each of you are listening. Um, you you have all those industry resources out there. And just by offering those article links and suggestions are very helpful to your to your audience. Right. You know, and and one of the things that I've you know, almost every time I give a presentation, somebody asks me is, but wouldn't I be giving information that a competitor has provided? So, you know, for example, you know, you and I are, we're, we're both in Atlanta, and um, I suppose technically we would be competitors, but you have fabulous information, and I don't hesitate at all to share it. But other people would think, oh, what if I am driving people to the competitor? What do you tell people who say, you know, how do I curate information, and I'm, I'm, I'm confused about this? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always, like you, I look at, uh, I try to be more of a collaborator than a competitor, especially mm-hmm. in our industry. It's obviously very competitive, but, um, you know, I've just always been of that same mindset. You know, I don't worry about when I see something great, I want my audience to see it and I want my audience to to be able to absorb it. And I just feel like if I'm curating or if I'm syndicating that content to my audience, you know, they're going to to remain loyal to me, I guess, to some degree, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's just, I've always looked at it that, you know, uh, there's been, there's plenty of business out there. So I I try not to look at it in a competitive environment. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, people purchase a product or a service for a variety of reasons, you know, and even if I send somebody to a competitor and they, you know, or, you know, say I provided a link to, you know, say your blog and they decide to work with you rather than me, more than anything, that could be that, uh, you know, there, there's just so many different varieties and, and factors that weigh into it. You know, I still provided great information. And I think that's, you know, ultimately what it comes down that's to. That's correct. So, you know, where do people find this information? You know, that's one of the things, especially, say, if you're a funeral home or an insurance agent or a roofer, you know, where do you find information that, would be valuable to to be providing you know, to your uh, followers. Well, one resource I would recommend is Google Alerts. I love Google Alerts for getting mm-hmm. um, good news uh, sent to me as opposed to me having to search for it. So they can go to google.com slash alerts or just Google mm-hmm. Google Alerts, and obviously it'll come up number one. And uh, what you can do is you can put in words that Google will email you anytime those words – they find um, a page that was indexed on Google with those words. So, for example – if it was, um, you know, electrician data, let's just use as a bad example, but electrician data, and you put those two words, anytime a page comes up that Google indexes with the words electrician data or, or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, th- those will be sent to you via email. It's just a great way for you to be alerted by Google when new information comes up around your topic. So that's one way I would I would highly recommend um, getting getting news. I also like using Twitter. I think Twitter is a, a, an awesome resource for staying uh, connected to news. And so I'll set up um, feeds and we can talk about that maybe after the break or whatever, mm-hmm. in a little bit more detail about um, setting up these sort of channels on Twitter to be able to follow uh, keywords so that when anyone like you, Deb, or anybody in my field says something really, really, really smart, I can capture it and send a, and click on the link and see it and make sure I don't miss it. Great. Well, speaking of the break, we're going to go ahead and and take one. And when we come back, let's talk about how to really use Twitter, um, because it's one of those things that I think many people struggle with. You know, obviously, as you mentioned at the, the top of the hour, sometimes it's not right for somebody to be using Twitter. But 
If you are using Twitter, how the heck do you use it and really make sure it works? So I am Deb Creer, and I am talking with Corey Perlman, and we are on Mile High Radio. Mile High! Limited time offer, 24-month commitment, and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee, auto pay, and paperless billing, and other restrictions apply. If you can't see the difference, why pay the difference? Switch to DISH for the best deal in entertainment. Only DISH brings you the best in entertainment for less than $20 a month. Cut the cable and don't get directed. Switch to DISH because at just $19.99, DISH saves you every time you turn on the TV. It's so simple. The same channels cost less with DISH. So since you can't see the difference don't pay the difference switch to dish for the best deal in entertainment get premium movie channels free for three months starting at just 19.99 dish saves you every time you turn on the tv call now to save with dish dial 1-800-943-9074 that's 1-800-943-9074 the same channels for less than 20 bucks a month dish call 1-800-943-9074 for details Hey everyone, have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional quality results, here's our favorite host Cheryl for no-no hair removal. Thanks. Hey gals, I love talking about my no-no. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-no has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors, so it's perfect for using on all body parts. And now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial. Get the No-No, the facial kit, a travel case, and a $100 discount shopping card, and you don't risk a penny to try it. Try the incredible No-No hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-8386. That's 800-953-8386. 800-953-8386. Malhari. And we're back. I am Deb Creer, and as I um as we've been going through this, I've been talking with Corey Perlman about how we really, really use social media when we're feeling overwhelmed. Um, so it's all about being strategic and thinking through and making sure, obviously, that you're using the right channels. But before we go any further, Corey, tell people how they find you and connect with you. Oh, sure. Um, well, you can. There's a couple of different ways. Uh, the new book is you can go to Social Media Overload. Dot com and it'll be multiple ways for you to be able to to purchase the book there um if you're interested just in in me speaking i have a site coreyperlman.com so that's spelled with an e and then uh c o r e y and then p e r l m a n.com and then our just our main site is ebootcamp.com so uh those are a couple of different ways and of course all over social media happy to connect with any of your listeners in in any channel that they would like to connect with great 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 well, you know, before we took the break, we were talking about how to get information that then you can provide out to the people that, that are connected with you on social media. And you were talking about Twitter and how that's a great source of information. You know, Twitter is kind of the, the ugly stepchild sometimes, it seems. I, you know, I, I won't say the, the redhead the stepchild <laughs> since I'm the, the redhead. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's one of those sites where I think so many people still think that all people are saying is, here's what I had for lunch. So, you know, and, and it's funny because you have a chapter in your book about Twitter 
and how important it is. So tell us how it's a good source to really get information and news that you can then share with other people. Yeah, and, and candidly, I had um, one of my my friends, uh, Jay Bear, who's a social media guy, wrote the, mm-hmm. the chapter on Twitter because it's not one – I mean, I use it. I like it. Um, I gain value out of it, but it's not one of my top – social media sites that I use. I'm, I'm more on Facebook and LinkedIn and so are my clients. And, and, you know, I, you know, just to be clear, when I use that phrase, you don't have to be on Twitter. It's sort of a, a, a catch all meaning you don't have to be on any site, you know, it could be Twitter, could be right. Instagram, it could be Facebook, could be LinkedIn, just, just in general, you just don't have to be on any site unless there's a business reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when it comes to Twitter, the, the, the challenge with businesses, you can't just go on there and and tweet and, and expect a result. It's just not the way Twitter works. Um, it's, it's more of an it's a it's an ongoing, consistent engagement tool where you have to be on there conversing with people. It's not a promotion tool, uh, and I think a lot of businesses hope that it will be, and, and then they fall short. Now, some businesses can get away with it. You know, if you're a um, if you're a high B two C business, you know, a cupcake store or something like that. And you can gain a good following. You can tweet out specials and things of that nature. But generally speaking, you know, if you have, like you said, electricians or real estate agents or just general business folks, uh, you know, Twitter is going to be a little bit tougher of an environment. However, what I like about it, like I said, a huge information resource. So, again, mm-hmm. um, I use either two sites, either Hootsuite, which is H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com. Or TweetDeck, T-W-E-E-T-D-E-C-K dot com. Uh, both are very similar. You just can kind of decide which one you want to use. Um, but they're twin Twitter uh, summary tools, essentially. And they, they make your Twitter experience a much more valuable experience. Mm-hmm. So if you're very concerned with, like you said, every time I go to Twitter, I see a Justin Bieber tweet, and I could care less about Justin <laughs> Bieber, then TweetDeck or Hootsuite is for you. Because when you log into these sites, what it does is it will help you filter conversation to uh, topics that you're interested in. So if I was a real estate agent in Atlanta, Georgia, I could have these columns that says real estate Atlanta GA. And anytime on Twitter, no matter if I'm connected with them or not, anyone who uses the words real estate Atlanta GA, I would see that tweet. And I could put another column that just said Atlanta events and another column that said Alpharetta or Roswell, which are suburbs of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this whole Twitter conversation just got a heck of a lot more valuable to me because now I'm avoiding social media overload, right? Avoiding uh, all the noise and garbage that you could care less about. And I'm focusing on the topics that you actually do care about. Right. So that's that's a, a really easy way for your listeners to 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 increase the value of Twitter exponentially just by using those two sites and starting to filter the conversation to topics they actually care about. Well, and the cool thing is they don't even have to be tweeting themselves. I mean, obviously, they have to have a Twitter account, but they can just be using it to gather information. So that kind of helps with that overload thing. Correct. Um, you know, now, obviously, if they find something that is valuable, probably would be good for them to retweet or, you know, those those other, you know, you, to, to comment on it and, you know, things like that. But if they really are overwhelmed, it's just a great place to, to get that information. Well, and look, and here's another thing, too, to think about. You know, it depends on your business. But I like I said, I, Twitter – it, on the uh, the totem pole of, of priority for me is a little bit lower than some of the other sites, but 
I have to be on there because if somebody mentions mm-hmm. me or my book, either in a positive or negative way, I've got to be there to respond. Right. If I'm not mm-hmm. there, then that's that's a, especially obviously as a social media guy, but but anybody, if there are mm-hmm. restaurants listening in, uh, if there are service people of any kind, you know, if you're a massage or or hair salon or whatever, you want to be there and be able to make sure that you're monitoring your reputation. So another mm-hmm. thing that's really cool about these two sites I've mentioned, Hootsuite and and uh, TweetDeck is you can also obviously put your brand names. So in my case, I'd put Corey Perlman, Social Media Overload, eBootCamp, and just watch. And if somebody says, you know, really enjoying Social Media Overload, I'll say thank you. If somebody mm-hmm. says, um, gosh, I, I ordered Social Media Overload and it's been two weeks and I didn't get my copy, uh, I want to I want to hear that. Oh, no, mm-hmm. let me check with Amazon or Barnes & Noble and find out what's going on. You know, right. So it's a great way for me to also uh, protect my reputation. Mm-hmm. Same with your listeners as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and so many people, especially if they're active on Twitter, they're big on using those sites to post both positive and negative comments. Um, you know, and, and as you said, you know, you want to catch those. You want to say, thank you so much, or, oh, gee, what can I do to fix it? Um, you know, and, and, and the same with all your social media sites. If you've got a Facebook page and somebody posts a negative comment, especially a negative comment, you need to respond, and you need to respond fairly quickly. You know, because it's it's kind of the, the the you know people like to make negative comments. There's just something about about that. And so if somebody posts, say it's a restaurant, and they say, you know, I had an absolutely horrible meal there. I got food poisoning. And if you don't respond, then all of a sudden all these other people are posting, oh, I got food poisoning too, or they got my order wrong, or blah 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 blah. But if you fix it. You know, sometimes you have to take the the comments offline or the conversation offline. But if you fix it, then the positive people come out of the woodwork and they talk about the fact that they went there and had a fabulous meal. And, you know, Susie was their favorite server and and all of those things. So, you know, the people who tell me they're not going to be on social media because somebody might say something bad need to realize they're already saying something bad. Yeah, that's, a and, very, and you're, that's a very scary proposition. When I hear mm-hmm. that um, as well, I, I, I fear for that business. Right. That's the opposite. You know, the, mm-hmm. thing, the other thing they say a lot, Deb, you've just opened up Pandora's box, so we got to talk mm-hmm. about uh, reviews. <laughs> it's very important, mm-hmm. and, it, and it comes up a lot uh, in, my, in my sessions. So let, let's hit it, and let's hit it hard yes. right now, because I think it's an important topic. And I mm-hmm. think you're absolutely right when you say – that um, people are much more motivated when they're unhappy than when they're happy. And that's a challenge of social media. And, and I want to say this very clearly. Um, that's with any business. You know, obviously restaurants, obviously hair salons, obviously the, uh, the obvious businesses that, that are typically reviewed. Yes, but don't, don't think that just because you who are listening are in a different industry or a different company that you are um, – uh, you don't have to listen to this, that you, you will never get reviewed. You will. I've got a lot mm-hmm. of clients uh, that you'd be surprised uh, have plenty of reviews online that are not in the restaurant industry or whatever the case. So um, it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. I, I don't think I've found one yet that's completely uh, gets to, to, to pass this one over and never get, gets reviewed. So this mm-hmm. is important to everyone. Uh, so a couple of things. One is the question, the thing I always hear, which is so interesting, is, I don't want a Facebook page, Corey, because I don't want to give people a platform to, 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 to bash us. And I always say to them, man, that is the wrong way of thinking. Right. If you don't create that platform, they're going to go somewhere else. And at least you have control of that platform. If somebody mm-hmm. goes on your Facebook page and says, man, 
This Deb Smith lady is terrible. She is horrible. You should never work with her. You get to go on, Deb, and say, you know, I'm sorry that that person <laughs> pissed you off, but I'm mm -hmm. not Deb Smith, so I'm going mm -hmm. to delete this comment. And you use right. the, your favorite link or favorite tool on the keyboard there and go ahead and hit that that key, that delete key. Mm -hmm. You don't have that option if that was on a third-party site of some kind. Mm -hmm. And that's why having control of your channels is really important and why I think mm -hmm. having those platforms are so critical. Right. But let's talk about for a second, you know, responding to negative reviews. Uh, I, I agree with you, Deb, that uh, responding is important, but a couple of, of little caveats to that. One is, you know, people might hear this and say, oh, man, three years ago I got a negative review. I'm going to go and respond. They told me to respond. I wouldn't respond in that point. Um, I think you're just bringing it back to light and back mm -hmm. to life, and I would, I would let it go and just let it die on the vine. Uh, in the future, when you get negative feedback or negative comments, it's a great opportunity to respond, but be careful. Don't get defensive. Don't get emotional because uh, a lot of these reviewers are looking for a fight. And all you're going to do is make you and your business look bad by, by arguing uh, over this channel. So like you said, one thing you can do is take it offline. Another thing you can do is try to fix the issue. Mm -hmm. I have found over and over and over again you can turn a critic, critic into a champion. If they are just heard, you have a little empathy and you yep. try to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's great. The last thing I'll say about this. So the thing I'll say about negative reviews, definitely respond. Sleep on it. Be as diplomatic as possible in your review or your response mm -hmm. and uh, and get there quickly. And if you don't get there quickly and a few weeks have gone by or a month or whatever, you may have missed the chance. And at that point, you know, responding and bringing it back up may not be the right the right move. The mm -hmm. last thing I'll say, and probably the most important thing, is, is going back to what we originally said in the beginning of this, this conversation, which is people are less motivated when they're happy than when they're unhappy. So what your listeners need to do is to find ways to encourage their champion customers to review them. Don't wait for someone to be unhappy. When you get – the next time someone says, you know, say you run a hair salon and they look at their hair and they're just like, man. I am love and light. Thank you so much for this beautiful makeover that you just gave me. Slide on that little iPad you got on your desk there and say, hey, would you mind writing a quick review for us? Here's the link to do it. Maybe it's on Google or maybe it's on Yelp or maybe it's on your Facebook page or on your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. But be active. Encourage people to write positively about you because, again, they just don't think about it as much when they're happy as they are when they're unhappy. Right. Well, and in your book, you talk about third-party sites also, like Yelp, and down here um, in the South, we have Kudzu, and, and, you know, things like that. So how do people, you know, should they go look for themselves to start with to see, you know, if, if people have even been saying something, but, you know, how do they monitor those sites? And, and obviously, since it's a third-party site, you can't just go in and, and hit that delete button. But what do you do on those sites? Well, that, it's a good question. The first thing is a lot, oftentimes, depending on your industry, there are a lot of those sites. So one of the things I, I recommend best practice is for you to type in your service with your city and state. So maybe it's landscaping, um, like you said, Atlanta, Georgia, because we're both here. Uh, and then you start looking at what comes up in Google. And, I, and that's how I prioritize what I'm going to focus on. So more often okay. than not, Google Plus, Google Local Business shows up first because it's Google and it's their own mm -hmm. asset. And so it shouldn't surprise you too much that Google ranks itself high. And then below that, oftentimes you'll see Yelp or you'll see Kudzu, like you said. Maybe if you're a restaurant, Urban Spoon, 
um, and, or maybe there's others in your industry, but that's how I prioritize is based on how they rank on Google. And then uh, for each of them, I try to, uh, you know, see what I can do inside that site. And Yelp, they don't like when you um, you ask or encourage people to respond to re or to review you if they're happy. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it necessarily, but just be aware of that. Google Plus doesn't seem to care as much. Um, you know, in a lot of these third-party sites, you can uh, claim your business so that mm -hmm. you can respond to reviews, which I would recommend. Sometimes you can pay a little money and advertise there. That's not a bad idea if it's an important site that's ranking high for some of your uh, most important keywords. So I would really just focus in on the ones that rank highest on Google. And then if somebody walks in your door, Deb, and says, hey, I'm from orangepages.com, because I won't make fun of any real company, but <laughs> they say, I'm from orangepages.com, and we're a directory, and man, you need to be paying us money to use our site. And then you quickly Google landscaping Atlanta, Georgia, and you say, well, hey, you don't rank here. Why should I care? You know, so mm -hmm. make sure you, you you kick their tires a little bit by, by Googling them and see how quickly right. they come up. Well, and of course, the important thing about, you know, if you Google, you know, landscaping Atlanta, Georgia, to find your own information, that's what other people are looking for, too. So, you know, if I'm looking for a landscaper in Atlanta, Georgia, and the first 10, 20 things I find are negative, that's going to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go to the next one. I'm really not going to research it any further because, you know, we all have limited time. Um, you know, there's there's kind of a new one of those little memes going around that I've seen several times that, you know, if you want the best place to bury a dead body is on the second page of Google. Um <laughs> And, and that's true. It's because we don't go past that first page. So if all somebody sees on that first page is negative, then, you know, they will skip to the next one. That's hilarious. That's really funny. I've never heard that before. I'll have to see if I can find it and send it to you because it really was yeah. pretty cute. Um, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're talking about the fact that it's so important to have your own um, brand ambassadors, maybe is, is the best way to put it, because those are your customers. How do you work with current customers to kind of not only keep them current customers, but encourage them to refer you and, and tell their friends about you? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think you got to watch for those signals of, of happiness. One of the things that I often recommend to, to businesses is hit them while they're hot. So the example mm -hmm. I'll use is, you know, I got a scooter last year because I like scootering around Georgia. Uh, on my little scooter, and, and it's fun. It's not a little scooter. It's 150 cc. So it's not Ooh. like, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's not a motorcycle, but it's not like a Vespa. It's right. It doesn't go. Beep, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure I keep my man card here. So, uh, you know, it's just pretty cool. But mm -hmm. when I first got that scooter, that first ride, man, that was, that was a lot of fun. I'd never been on a motorcycle or any kind of two wheel kind of, you know, besides a bike, you know, so I'm flying along, you know, I got my helmet on, I got the wind coming on me. I mean, it was super fun. If if I were that that scooter company, that's the time I want to go for the review because I'm probably never going to be as happy as that first ride. Right. Same thing I often sell with kitchen remodelers or bathroom remodelers. That first shower, that first shower in your new bathroom or that mm -hmm. first meal in your new kitchen, that's when you got to get them. Right. right. When they're happiest. You know, a couple weeks from now, how about that massage? That first night after the massage, you're so relaxed and well taken care of. That email should be in my inbox that night. Don't wait mm -hmm. a couple of days. The stress has come back. I'm not as happy as I was then. Hit them while they're hot. Right. 
You know, and, and you can contact people. Um, I, I believe, was it in your book where you were talking about the fact that your wife had a massage? Yes. And by the time she got home, that email was there. Yes. Um, you know, even if they had waited a couple more hours, she might not have, have remembered it. Um, and definitely not in such glowing terms. Yes. So, you know, have your employees or, you know, yourself, if, if you're the business, you you take the money, you hit send. I mean, you know, it's it's just kind of one of those things where you've got a process down and you just take care of it right away. And, and let me say this, too, and I know we're heading into another break here, but I, I just want to make sure if anyone's listening you know, to say, oh, well, we're not a, a solopreneur. We're not. A, this is not just small business advice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, companies as large as Apple, think about what they do after you purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, watch these big companies. Watch these major Fortune 500 organizations and how they – um, they do the same thing, and some of them miss the boat with what we're talking mm-hmm. about here. Some do, some don't. Uh, Starbucks is, is is really good about that with their surveys. They they ask you to to give them their survey the second you finish your your order. You know, I mean, so mm-hmm. so you can take some 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 notes from some of the biggest companies in the world. They do the same thing of trying to get feedback uh, at that right moment. Mm-hmm. Well, and they also encourage you to do that you know it's the if you fill out the survey you get a 10 percent discount or a free coffee the next time you come in or you know something like that because you know the the first thought is i just got my coffee i don't want to do a review but oh they made it really easy and i get something free i have no problem with people incentivizing for reviews sometimes when i do my audience people get a little uh, you know, ooh, uh, you know, and that's okay. Hey, you got to sleep on your pillow at night, not me. Mm-hmm. So whatever works for you. But as far as I'm concerned, I got no problem with you offering a little thank you to to encouraging someone to write a positive review. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, the the thing to keep in mind too is not everybody will redeem whatever it is. Right. You know, I, I obviously it depends on what it is and and the offer and all of those things. But yeah, you know, I I might go ahead and throw my receipt away and not redeem my free coffee next time or or whatever it is. And so, you know, the likelihood of 100% unless you're giving away something so fabulous is pretty minimal. Right. Great. Well, we're going to go ahead and, and take our last break. And when we come back, let's talk about why some businesses have success on social media and why they don't and what some of those best practices are. So I'm Deb Creer talking with Corey Perlman on Mile High Radio. Mile High Radio. Have you ever wondered how you could make a difference in someone's life? What if you could help hundreds or even thousands of children? Students in the U.S. rank 32nd in world math skills. It's time for our children to catch up. Become an owner of one of the world's fastest-growing franchises, Mathnasium. Mathnasium is the leading math-only learning center in the U.S. Imagine helping hundreds, even thousands of students in your community improve in school and raise their self-esteem. Call us at 800-783-0798. That's 800-783-0798. 150 million people suffer from headaches. All you want is for the pounding in your head to stop. Migralex stops the pounding. Migralex was developed by a neurologist and founder of the New York Headache Center. I'm neurologist Dr. Alex Mauskop. After studying and researching the human brain for 25 years, I've developed Migralex, which eliminates pounding headaches. It works for my patients, and I'm so convinced it will work for you. I don't just guarantee it. I put my name on it. Dr. Mauskop's Migralex gets rid of headaches fast without harsh caffeine, sodium, or preservatives. Migralex works unbelievably fast and 
and it's gentle on my stomach. Find out how to get your free bottle of Migralex. Call 800-547-6279. Plus, if you're one of the first 100 callers, you'll also receive the Migralex Quick Tips to Headache Relief absolutely free. That's 800-547-6279. Or go to MigralexRelief.com. M-I-G-R-A-L-E-X Relief.com. Or call 800-547-6279. If your mom or loved one lives alone, one call to LifeWatch can end your worries for their safety. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you call us right now, we'll send you absolutely free an information-packed report on the nine most important things you need to know to make sure your parents are safe when living alone. It's completely free. Call us right now. 800-515-6927. Put your mind at ease. With LifeWatch, dial 800-515-6927. We're back. I am Deb Creer, and I'm having a great time talking with Corey Perlman because we're talking about social media best practices, and a big part of that is the fact that we get overwhelmed, um, you know, and and we think we have to be everywhere. We think we have to be doing everything. So the important thing is to remember. Take it in small bites. You know, you don't have to be everywhere. But the best thing is really to have best practices. So, Corey, welcome back. And tell us why some businesses succeed on social media and why they don't and and what some of those best practices are. Sure. Well, the first thing is, you know, I always say start with your digital presence as a whole. You know, one of the things you'll see in my book is I always say if your website sucks, social media can't help you. Mm-hmm. And what I hate to see, it's such a terrible uh, thing to see in, 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 in the, the grand scheme of marketing is when you've done such a good job of capturing somebody's attention or generating a lead only to lose them when they visit your website or they see a negative mm-hmm. review or something in the process of kicking your tires. So what I would encourage as a best practice to your to your listeners is to check out your digital landscape and make sure there are no, uh, you know, holes in the dam. You know, make mm-hmm. sure your website's professional. Make sure, you know, it, it's up to speed. You know, you can very quickly see a website that looks kind of, kind of dated. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably you're probably ready for a revamp. You know, if you are a, let's use that landscapers as again as an example. You don't need to have a crazy, gorgeous twenty five thousand dollar website. That's not your business. Your business is landscaping. But at the same time. Having a old-fashioned, you know, one of those those just just really old-school-looking sites is probably not going to do uh, you a good service in terms of building mm-hmm. your credibility. So I recommend, you know, a nice-looking professional site. It's got, you know, maybe some rotating, nice, clean images of your work, uh, not too much content, but some content about what you guys do, and make it easy to navigate, make it mobile-friendly, which mm-hmm. is called mobile responsive, so that uh, whatever device you're on, it, it it actually changes the look of it to to make it thumb friendly if you're on your phone. Mm-hmm. So you you your listeners should write down mobile responsive. Make sure it is. That's a a requirement now instead of an encouragement like it used to be. Uh, but make sure that 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 website's up to speed, and then make sure those um you know those those other third party sites that we talked about, Google Local. Uh, Yelp, if that matters to you, you know, some of those third party, the Better Business Bureau, a lot of you have directory uh, listings on on the BBB, your chamber, you know, those kind of things. Just make sure all those sites, those third party sites have you looking good because people like to kick your tires on those sites. 
Then move over to social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Do a, a an inventory, all of the profiles you have out there, and make sure you don't have any untouched profiles. Nothing, in my opinion, diminishes credibility quicker than an untouched profile. So if I go over to your LinkedIn page, I did that today. Of course, I won't mention the name, but I looked at this guy's profile, and he had 26 connections and and, and no no picture on his LinkedIn, and I'd never heard of him before, and, and he's trying to do some business with me, and I, I started to gain a little doubt. Is mm-hmm. he real? You know, um, you know, you don't want that doubt creeping into anyone no matter what site they're on. So make sure that whatever site you are active on or the site that you have online, you are actually active. You're actively building your numbers because numbers do matter. Uh, You're updating it on a fairly consistent basis, whatever that means to you, once a week, once a day, once a month, some sort of consistent basis. And uh, and it's professional looking. That's really important, uh, I think, in terms of a best practice. And then last but not least, uh, in terms of just some best practices for social media, uh, you know, engagement. Obviously, that's an important part that everyone tries to get, engagement, engagement, engagement. And that's not easy. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, having a Facebook business page today, and getting a lot of engagement there is tough because Facebook's only showing about 20% of our posts to our mm-hmm. network without us paying for it. So that's difficult. So don't look for thousands of likes or hundreds of comments and things of that nature, but a couple of best practices there. If you're looking for comments, A, don't forget to ask for them, meaning mm-hmm. you write something and then say, you know, what do you guys think of this or what's your opinion on this or what's your answer? And then two, I like to actually, if I'm looking for engagement for our clients, we'll get some people to actually start the conversation. I, I, I liken this to um, at a wedding, getting people on your dance floor. It's very difficult to get the first dancers on the dance right, floor, but right. once a few people come on there, lots of people start to come on. Same thing with comments. You mm-hmm. know, plant a couple people to start the conversation off, and you'll start getting a little bit more of a flow of a conversation. So that's just some, some best practices with social mm-hmm. media. Well, and we all have those business acquaintances who are also, you know, our our friends. And so when they see your posts, all you have to do is say, hey, you know, remember to to comment on this. Um, You know, and, and it's one of those things where it's, it's simple to do and it's it, but it is so important to do. The other thing in your book that really struck me and you talk about it multiple times because it is so important is staying top of mind. Tell us what that means and why that is so very important. Sure. And, and Deb, you were kind enough to give me a cool acronym for that, Tom, which I appreciate. Wish I'd known <laughs> that before my book, but <laughs> maybe for the uh, second edition, I can throw that in there. It's a nice way of remembering. I'll expect a credit. Absolutely. <laughs> and, as you'll get one. Um, yeah, staying top of mind. I, I often talk about people uh, talk about the benefits of social media, and they always quickly go to generating leads, which um, I understand and, and I think is very important. But I think there are other benefits to social media as well. One of them is staying top of mind, and that simply means you know I might meet somebody in January, but I may not do business with them until October. Mm-hmm. So how do I stay in touch with them? How do I stay on their radar uh, until that point? I remember the guy who was trying to sell me life insurance. And he was trying to sell life insurance to me for years, and this was pre-kids, and he wasn't getting anywhere with me. But we were connected on social media, and one day I woke up after having my second child uh, with, with cold sweats. I was like, man, if something happens to me, i got to have a plan for my, my beautiful family. Mm-hmm. And I ran to my computer to start Googling life insurance salesmen because I totally forgot about this guy. Luckily, 
I had jumped on my LinkedIn profile during that search, and, and he had said something on LinkedIn to remind me. And he said nothing about life insurance, by the way. I think it was like an inspirational quote or something, but mm -hmm. it reminded me of him. And he got in my radar when I was in buy mode. And uh, after, few, after years of trying to get me, he got me that day only because mm -hmm. he was connected to me in social media. Another quick example, which is kind of funny, I, I heard recently is a, a client of ours now, he's a, a very good, well-paying client. He wrote a testimonial for me. I'm not sure I can post it because I think it's a backhanded compliment. But he said, you know, Corey, I've been following you for years. I ignore everything that you do. I was like, oh, thanks. Oh. Hmm. But he said, you stayed top of mind with me. He said, I don't mean that I didn't find it valuable. I just didn't have time to read it. But I kept mm -hmm. seeing your name out there. And when I was ready to go, you were there. And I was like, okay, right. I'll take that. You know, you are working with me. So I'm certainly not you know, offended by that. But, hey, you may not read everything that I post. You may not read every email or every blog or every Facebook post, but just if I'm if I'm getting my name there and I'm not pissing you off or frustrating you, then that's probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. so. Right. Well, and it's all about consistently being there. Um, you know, how many times have we gone to someone's Facebook page and they haven't posted in even a day, you know, let alone a week, a month, you know, things like that. Um, I had a, a client one time, and this was when I still lived in Colorado, who provided a service for low-income uh, individuals, and it was a limited-time thing. They did a, a training program, and so they said, you know, set up our Facebook page, and then we want you to, to post the schedule of when we'll be where. And I said, okay, and then? And they said, oh, no, that's all we want you to post. We, we, you can just post that once. And I said, no, <laughs> folks, that's called a website. <laughs> you know? it, it, the, the idea is, okay, when you're here you know, in, in week one, where are you going to be? And then you post multiple times about that in week one. And then in week two, where are you going to be? And, and you know, all of these things. And they looked at me and were just totally baffled. But the cool thing is I have seen them continue with that on their own and, and really had success with it. So I kind of started them down that path of, you know, you have to post more often than just once. And, and I think they really have found it successful because they're continuing it. Well, and a couple other best practices around, around posts, you know, because that is a struggle. And this is on any social media platform. But, you know, a couple of things on that, because I know it's probably important to your audience. Um, you know, the number one is, is talk in terms of their interests. You know, any mm -hmm. opportunity that you can say to yourself, is this a value to my audience? And, right. and you can confidently answer yes, then you're on the right track. That doesn't mean that you can't ever just say something about your business or say something you're proud of. That's okay. I mean, you know, we, we recognize you're not in this for non-for-profit reasons, generally speaking, and that you do need to promote yourself and your services. But, you know, six out of ten times, eight out of ten times, I'd like you to be looking for ways to add value. Now, how can you do that mm -hmm. specifically? One of the things is I always say when in doubt, go local. You know, a lot of your list listeners might be out of, out of Denver, you know, and, and there's a lot of things that they care about there that people in New York City don't care about or Atlanta, mm -hmm. Georgia or whatever. And so you, you want to if you are a locally based company, then talking locally is not a bad idea. Right. Not a bad idea at all. Um, you know, sports, hobbies, things of that nature, especially on Facebook, things outside of business, like you said earlier, is never a bad idea. The other thing I'll mention is current events. I love working with our clients uh, regarding current events. An example of that is one of our largest clients is Dale Carnegie. And mm -hmm. uh, when it was March Madness time a few months ago, uh, we did a uh, we used all their principles and we put them in a March Madness bracket and we let people compete 
on uh, cool. choosing the winner. And it was such a success. And the reason mm-hmm. it was such a success is because people were interested in March Madness at that time. Had we done it in mm-hmm. July or January, it would have been an epic failure. So right. think about right. current events when you're posting. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, there are so many ways to be able to tie all of that in. You know, obviously you have to make sure that it's tasteful and, you know, things like that. But, you know, it, it, it once you start then you'll find other ideas. I think that's the, the cool thing about it is you will start generating these ideas, whether it's you, your team or, you know, somebody might suggest it to you. Again, you know, there's nothing wrong with following your competitors. What the heck are they doing? Don't copy them, obviously. But, you know, what what are they doing that, that is successful? Yeah, and, and the last thing I'll say, too, for some of you who are, um, you know, more in the service area, and again, this doesn't work for everyone, but I, I always find more success, it's going to be hard for some of you to hear, when I'm personally connected with my with business people than, than on business pages. So, you know, uh, some of my largest clients I'm friends with on Facebook, and that might scare a lot of you, but... Um, I'm able to really talk about engagement. I mean, there's really no higher level of engagement from a digital perspective than being personally connected with them on Facebook. That doesn't mean that I don't meet with them face to face and don't freak out and think that I only have digital relationships. But, um, you know, to be able to know that, you know, one of my clients just celebrated 10 years of, of, of no, no smoking or or their, their kids are graduating college, you know, to have some of that information and be able to, again, not use it in a sleazy way, but just to be able to say, hey, maybe send a, a graduation card or, or just mm-hmm. to be able to know that about the people that not only we do business with, but we actually care about, I think is great. And I think there's a huge opportunity there. Yes, there are negatives. You got to filter what you say on Facebook. You got to clean up your profile. This may, you know, if you're an attorney or, an, or if you're a doctor or you're a dentist listening right now, this may not be for you. I totally understand that. But if you are, um, you know, if you're in the business of sales and you have a lot, you have some longstanding clients that you also consider friends, then then you might consider connecting right. with them personally on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, it's funny because th- this was actually going to be what I asked you about to, to wrap up the program. Because it's near and dear to my heart. You know, I I tell people, sure, you're on Facebook and you've got a personal page. But, you know, you're assuming sometimes that the people you're connected with can't potentially be a client or can't refer you to business. And so you're posting things that may turn people off, you know, whether it's that you have posted, um, you know, a political rant or, you know, a rant about something else or an extreme view or photos uh, that, you know, might be inappropriate. You know, it's it's not always who we're connected with. It's who our connections are connected with. Um, you know, that kind of goes back to the old Bob Berg, uh, one of his first books with, you know, the endless referrals. And it, it is so important that, People follow that advice, um, you know, and, and I do know that there are some people who are on Facebook in particular who really are only connected with their personal friends, their family, and so they feel that it's a safe place where they can post things, but people do need to remember that there might be consequences to that. Um, I'm one of those people, I'm exactly like you, you know, I'm I'm friends with people who are potential clients, who are clients. I hope I never post anything that they would find offensive, um, but I do always think about it. Um, one of the, the keys that I remember is my mother, you know, bless her. She is on Facebook. She is on Facebook every single day, and she looks at what I post. Yes. 
So I don't ever want to post anything that she's going to say, what the heck? Um, you know, and, and, you know, think of it, you know, whether you're connected with your minister, your rabbi, your grandmother, you know, your, your spouse, your business partner, you know, if, if they question something that you post, maybe you just shouldn't post it to start with. Right. Yeah. I, I always use the joke of, of um, anything that's not acceptable at my in-laws Thanksgiving table is probably not acceptable on Facebook, you know. Mm-hmm. Politics, religion, you know, right. that kind of stuff. You got to be careful with. You're gonna piss off 41 or 49 percent of your mm-hmm. your group there, or whatever. Right. But right. yeah, I mean, I I think you're absolutely right. Um, there are obviously you know advantages and disadvantages, and the folks that are listening are gonna have to think about that. And you know, if you're a a owner of a business and you have people out on Facebook that are doing this, you know, that's another issue you got to think about. You got to make sure that mm-hmm. you're watching them and what they're talking about with with your clients and such. And, you know, so there's some layers and there's some some challenges challenges, but to keep an open mind to it and I kind of know that, that what I'm seeing in the future, people might say, well, where's, where, where's everything going? Well, right now, you know, I'm seeing more benefit to, um, to more private social networks than public because, you know, all of these social networks are trying to make money. And on these business social networks, they think that, you know, that's a channel to, to find more money. And so we have to recognize that using our Facebook business pages as platforms to connect with our customers uh, may not be the best strategy moving forward. Mm-hmm. You might want to consider a group, a Facebook group, because you know typically I see that um, engagement is much higher in groups right, right. than on on business pages. So something to think about there as well. Perfect. Well, you know, amazingly enough, Corey, we are having to to wrap up. So tell us one last time where people find you um, and how, most importantly, they buy your book. And uh, so tell people how to to do that. Well, before I do that, Deb, I'm going to pay a compliment to you because you are a excellent interviewer. Uh, oh, well, thank you. It's very easy for me. That's why I like to come on your show anytime you ask. Um, you're also highly educated in this field, and I think that you are brilliant. And so I thank you so much for having me and, and for your expertise on this as well. I think this was a really fun call, and I think that people will gain a lot out of it. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you know, again, uh, the, the, if you like this, I would highly recommend the book. Uh, you know, feel free to go to socialmediaoverload.com and, and buy it on your platform of choice. It's pretty much everywhere at this point. Uh, and then if you like it, you know, putting a review on Amazon would be very uh, helpful to me. I would appreciate that. Keep the positive momentum of the book going. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is is just a couple of quick little end notes of just, uh, you know, be you uh, when it comes to social media. Be as authentic as you can. Be consistent. That's one of the major challenges I see out there is you tweet once and you wonder why it didn't work for you, it's not the way it works. And just remember that, um, you know, try to focus on a few and, and, and stay above the noise, meaning, yes, I know a lot of it's junk out there, but if you can really focus in on helping people and, and being a value to people, you will, see, you will see results. That I can promise you if you focus on uh, uh, truly adding value to, to people's lives. So thanks again for having me, Deb. Perfect. Thank you. And to everyone out there, have a fabulous day. And I will talk with you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.